So, let's talk about the message this morning. I really want to get down to the, the bare basics about our relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, we're living in some tough times. I don't know if you got the email, but we're still struggling with COVID. You know, we've been dealing with this for two and a half years, and sometimes I get the sneaky suspicion that there's an agenda behind it. I don't know. You can correct me after the service if that is not true. But we're going through tough times as a nation, as a world. We've got political divisions. We have ridiculous inflation. It's tough enough, you know, you know to make ends meet. But then you add inflation to that, and it just makes it even worse. So we've got some problems as we're looking and trying to live in this world. And Psalm 23, I think, helps us deal with those issues. Many of you guys have been to funerals. Yeah, you've been through tough times. And this chapter, the 23rd Psalm, has been used by God over and over again to be an encouragement to you and an encouragement to me. The very thought that the Lord is our shepherd is mind-boggling. You think about the creator of the universe who created everything that there is, cares about me, and he cares about you. That's an awesome concept when we think about it. In John chapter 10, verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. That's an awesome concept to realize that this God of the universe allowed Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us. John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. He is, he's our shepherd. We belong to him. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 says this, Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant. First Peter chapter 5 verse 4, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. We've got some awesome things to look forward to in this world because of our great shepherd, the, the shepherd that loves us. It helps us to know foundationally where the 23rd Psalm fits in the book of Psalms. So Psalm 22 pictures Christ as the good shepherd dying for his sheep. Psalm 23 pictures Christ as the great shepherd caring for his sheep. And then Psalm 24 pictures the chief shepherd coming for his sheep. One of the reasons Psalms 23 is so powerful is because David was a man filled with the same kind of conflicting passions and bewildering problems that we all face. He was a human being. God used David to write this psalm, and it's not written in a vacuum. It's based on his own experiences as a man striving to serve God a real man with real issues, a real man that was dealing with people, a real man that had struggles just like us. And that is comforting to me to recognize that he wasn't a perfect guy. Even though he was a man after God's own heart, he put his britches on just like we do, or maybe his toga, I'm not sure, but he put clothes on just like we do. And it's an awesome thing to think about. David had many great victories and blessings in life. Remember the story of Goliath. It looked impossible. Here David is, a young man with limited tools and weapons, facing a giant with all the, the equipment and all the armament. And how, we all know how that ended. David was victorious. 
He was a talented musician and a poet, a very good king. But you know what? David also had many tough times as well. As many times as he was blessed, he also had issues that he faced just like we do. He was a fugitive from King Saul for several years, being chased by him. He was guilty of adultery and murder. It doesn't get much worse than that. He experienced the death of a baby. These are things that have touched our lives as well. These are some problems that have faced us. His enemies were always ready to attack. Sometimes he felt alone and not cared for, not protected. He had many critics, critics all around him. And one of the biggest critics that he had was his wife, Michael. You're familiar with the story. She, she looked at him in a, a derisive manner. She looked down on him and criticized him. And his own children were killing each other. But in the 23rd Psalm, we get a glimpse of David's view of God that sustained him in the tough times of life. What about you this morning? As we go through this message, where are you? Were you up late last night crying? Were you up last night overwhelmed with the enormity of the issues facing you? It was a tough getting up this morning because you, you, you're not looking forward to tomorrow or this week. We live in Reelsville. The life that we live now is tough. It's not easy. That was the life that David was facing when he penned the 23rd Psalm. His life was not, can I say, hunky-dory. It was problematic. The psalm was written in a different time and a place than we live in. But it is still up to date. We have tough times too. Listen, someone has observed that most of the scripture that helps us was written by someone having a hard time to people having a hard time or about to have a hard time. That is why the 23rd Psalm is so relevant because it speaks to a time in all of our lives that's tough. Now, right now, you may be here saying, uh, Brother Ken, my life is fine. I, I'm, I'm doing great. But that doesn't mean that you haven't had problems, and it certainly doesn't mean that you're not going to have problems in the future. This Psalm is for us. It's relevant. Here's the key to the message today. We still need to turn to the shepherd to make it through life. And that's going to be my challenge to you today. Whether you've been a Christian for five minutes or a Christian for 40 years, it's relevant. We need to turn to the shepherd to make it in life. Today I want to give you two reasons why this psalm is important to us. The first one is Psalm 23, Comforts. And this is the one that really we're most familiar with is this aspect of the 23rd Psalm. It provides comfort. Let's look in Psalm chapter 23, verses 1 through 4. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Thank you, Jesus, for that. He leads us beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. 
there's several aspects to this comfort that I want to point out to you this morning. First, uh, Psalm 23 is a comfort because it is personal. Notice the words, my shepherd. The shepherd sheep thing, we can call it that, relationship is a personal relationship. It is something that is unique between the shepherd and the sheep. Sheep are dependent creatures. Some of you have seen sheep in real life. Some of you, maybe most of you have seen sheep on TV. But sheep are interesting. We're going to talk about some of the qualities of sheep here in a moment. But they are creatures that need to be personally guided. You can't leave sheep alone because bad things happen to sheep when they're left alone. They can't find food. They can't find water. They need to be protected from predators. We need to know this. A sheep left to itself will not make it. It will die. It needs the guidance and the, sh and the protection of the shepherd. God is telling us he is a personal God. He's not a cosmic administrator that has no clue who we are. He is involved. He's engaged. He's there. He's present in our lives. We have my shepherd. Psalm 23, God, uh, God demonstrates the same patient tireless care for us that a good shepherd shows for his flock. And I'm thankful for that. He doesn't save us and then forget us. He saves us and provides continual guidance, protection for our lives. The second thing, Psalm 23 is a comfort because it has promises. In life, this present life, God provides for our needs. And I'm so grateful for that. He has promised to meet our needs. Now notice that and say once. Now, yes, we're going to get some of the wants, but he's promised to meet our needs, and you, we, you, we should be grateful for that. In death, God pro provides his comforting presence, and then in eternity, God provides a place to dwell together. So he's, it's a personal relationship. It's a relationship that pro provides promises. And then three, Psalm 23 is a comfort because it gives hope. Our life is filled with difficulties. I would love to meet the person in this room that has no problems. I want to ask you, what's the secret? But that person doesn't exist because we all have problems. Whether you're a little kid or an older kid, we all have problems. We all have difficulties. We have to recognize that that's life. But sometimes, through those difficulties, it can lead to bitterness and resentment. If we don't have the right perspective on the issues that we face as Christians, as children of God, we can become bitter or resentful because of those things. All of us experience difficulties caused by broken relationships, broken promises, and broken expectations. One of the things I want you to know is that no one is exempt from brokenness. It all goes back to Adam and Eve on that faithful moment when they ate of that fruit and they disobeyed God and sin entered into the world and caused this entire creation, including them and us, to be broken by sin. And since then, life has been difficult. And everything that we experience is tainted by that fact. What we need to recognize as children of God is that because God allowed Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us, he broke the bondage of that original sin. 
and praise the Lord, we can live in the victory. Now, we still have the impact of a broken world that we live in, but God is giving the victory. Knowing the shepherd is the key for surviving life's hurts. And I'm talking to Christians. Even as children of God, we need to recognize the relationship with the shepherd is vitally important for us to survive the hurts that we face. Knowing the shepherd is much more important than knowing the psalm. But knowing the psalm can help you know the shepherd. We live through the hurts of life without becoming bitter and resentful by returning again and again to the God of Psalm 23, who faithfully promises his presence and his provision. I don't know about you, but that's encouraging to me. So I look at this world, it's falling apart, lots of issues, a lot of problems, and it's very easy to get discouraged and frustrated and say, you know what, there's no hope. Where's God in this? So we need to go back to the book, God's Word, and recognize that the answers are right here. We need to recognize that we can't depend on our own uh, mentality or our own thoughts or whatever. We need to depend on God. He is the one who provides that comfort. He provides the presence and the provision. So that's one aspect of Psalm 23. There's a second aspect of Psalm 23. And most of the time we focus on the comfort part of it. But the other one is Psalm 23 confronts. So not only does it comfort, but it also confronts. And we see that in the aspect of the rod that we see in Psalm 23 and also in the inherent relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. And I'll explain more as we go. We are confronted because of our flawed identity with sheep. If someone asked you this morning, what animal would you like to be? I'm thinking maybe 10 out of 10 would say, not the sheep. I would, maybe I would choose uh, maybe an eagle. Eagle, glorious, bold, soars, flies. What about uh, a lion? A lion is powerful, it pounces, it's king of the jungle. Maybe a cheetah because it's fast. But I don't think anyone would say, sign me up to be a sheep. That's what I want to be. Because by and large, it's not a pleasant thing to be a sheep. There are three qualities I want to share with you. You're probably familiar with them. And they're not complimentary. So let me just forewarn you, emotionally prepare you for these qualities. So there are three qualities that sheep have that we we don't have to do too much thinking to see kind of some of the same likenesses with us. Number one, they're stubborn. Sheep can easily get lost because they tend to go their own way. They're not easily led. And part of that is that they, they're entrenched in what they want to do. Like sheep, we have a tendency to go our own direction rather than follow God. Because we're stubborn. Psalm 119, verse 176 says this, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. Yeah, it says it just black and white. There it is. We have a problem with stubbornness, just like sheep. The second quality of sheep that's not complimentary is that sheep are smelly. I'm going to let you figure out what that one, how that relates to us as humans. But it's interesting that sheep do nothing to cleanse themselves. They don't get into the water. They don't, they don't roll around. They don't scrape. They don't lick. They don't do anything to clean themselves because they can't. Sheep 
will remain filthy until the shepherd finds a way to clean them. We cannot cleanse ourselves without the help of Jesus. So they're stubborn. They're smelling. Look in Psalm 119, verse 9. says, How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed to the Word of God? The only way that we can cleanse ourselves is through the Word of God. As we mentioned earlier, Adam and, in, Adam and Eve sinned, and that became the original sin that every human being since then has been born with. And Jesus Christ died on the cross to deal with that sin. But as Christians, we still sin. And the way that we deal with it is by daily confessing that sin and repenting of that sin. And that's the cleansing that we get through God's Word. That's what we need to do. The third quality, and it's just, if you notice, it's getting worse and worse. First, they're stubborn. Second, they're smelly. And here's the third one, they're stupid. You know I was going there. Sheep need to be taken to food and water. They will eat anything so they must be protected from poisonous plants. And that's the shepherd's job. We have a tendency to believe the latest fads, trends, cures for life's hurts. We need God's guidance for life found in His Word. We need to know the Word of God. And if you're not reading, if you're not as, as devotionally or studying it as a student, we need to because that's where we find the guidance and the provision and the help that we need. Psalm 119.105 says this, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. We are also confronted by Psalm 23 because of our false ideology. We've got bad thoughts. We've got bad ideas. Psalm 23 confronts our uh, lack of trust. When we're filled with doubts and disbelief about most promises of the Bible and God's leading in our life, there used to be a song that uh, you probably remember it. Uh, you, don't, you can't stand on the promises if you don't know what they are. Let me say that again. You can't stand on the promises if you don't know what they are. And the only way we can know what they are is by studying God's Word. We need to know what the promises are. So we need to recognize as we see in, in Matthew chapter 14, 31, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? That's us. We have turbulence in our life, we have struggles, and we get afraid. And God knows that. I'm so glad that he is there to help. Luke 24, verse 38 says, And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? This is a God that knows our frame. This is a God who loves us because and even through our frame. He wants to help. Matthew 15, uh, 13, verse 58. Now, he did, do, he did not do many mighty works because, because of their unbelief. Is that true in your life this morning? Is God not doing mighty things in your life because of unbelief? What mountain is ahead of you that you're not seeking God's face about so that he can give you direction through, over, or around that mountain? What does God want you to do that you're afraid to do because your faith is small? What's going undone? What ministry is not happening because you are afraid you can't do it? 
God wants to use us in, in, in a powerful way that requires faith on our part. Too often we are paralyzed into inaction by our lack of trust in God. We only do what makes sense to us or that we know we can do in our own power. Are you paralyzed this morning? Are you stuck? What ministry does God want you to do here at Merrimack Valley that's not being done because you're not saying yes out of fear? What big thing in your life is holding you back because your faith is small? Sadly, God is the last one we appeal to. We look at everything else before we come to God. And I'm talking to Christians. We need to go to God. He is our shepherd. Psalm 23 confronts because of our tendency to stray. Many Christians are living lives of profound dissatisfaction. Let me say that again. Many Christians, and I'm, I would say maybe too many Christians, are living lives of profound dissatisfaction. Now, obviously, there's a lot in this world to be unhappy about. There's a lot in this world to be upset about. But foundationally, we need to have the joy of the Lord that comes from a vibrant relationship with Him. Christians go hungrily from one of the world's tables to the next, but only experience one disappointment after another. Too late in many Christians' lives do they discover that there is no friendship, there's no relationship, there's no ownership, no championship, no scholarship that can meet the real needs of your life. I don't care how big your boat is. I don't care how big your house is. I don't care how many friends you think you have, how much money is in your bank account, none of those things are going to provide the satisfaction and the contentment that we so desperately need. And that can only be found in a vibrant relationship with the shepherd. We need to get back to basics. We need to have that foundational relationship with Jesus Christ we have a shepherd that wants to meet every need of our life. Psalm 23 tells us to go to the shepherd instead of this world to have our needs met. But many people exhaust all that the world has to offer before they come to God. I want to read a familiar passage to you. It's going to be on the screen as well. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 1 through 11 might be a little bit small, but I want you to focus on the red letters and see how often. This is Solomon. He's at the end of his life. He's, he's older. He is more cynical. He's more jaded. And he is offering his thoughts on what it's like to pursue what the world has to offer. I said in my heart, come now. I will test you with mirth. Therefore, enjoy pleasure. But surely this also was vanity. I said of laughter, madness, and of mirth, what does it accomplish? 
I searched in my heart how to gratify my flesh with wine while guiding my heart with wisdom and how to lay hold on folly till I might see what was good for the sons of men to do under heaven all the days of their lives. I made my works great. I built myself houses and planted my, myself vineyards. I made myself gardens and orchards, and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the grove. I acquired male and female servants. I had servants born in my house. Yes, I had greater possessions of herds and flocks than all who were in Jerusalem before me. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the special treasures of kings and of the provinces. I acquired male and female singers, the delights of, of the sons of men, and musical instruments of all kinds. So I became great and excelled more than all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also, my wisdom remained with me. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor. And this was my reward from all my labor. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done and on the labor in which I had toiled and noticed these last sad words. And indeed, all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. There's so many things that we want that are not good for us. There's so many things that we're fascinated by that cause us to go astray and to clamor for, but they're not good. God knows us. He knows what's best for us. The great shepherd is the relationship that we need. The last thing here, Psalm 23 confronts because of our self-sufficiency. We have a stubborn independence that makes us determined to work out our problems our way. It's amazing to me how often God is the last person that we go to to help us with our issues, yet he should be the first person that we go to. Somehow we get the idea that we can function independently of God. I can take care of myself. How many times have we said that? Maybe not vocally, but maybe mentally. I can take care of myself. Folks, this is the sin of pride. We cannot take care of ourselves. We need the shepherd because we are the sheep. Psalm 23 takes us back to the basics. The Lord is my shepherd who can take care of me, who does take care of me. It's simple but effective. That's where the relationship needs to be. We don't need to get fancy about it. He's the shepherd, we're the sheep. As I bring this message to a close this morning, there are three questions I want you to think about. And I'm not looking for an answer out loud, but I really want you to take a look at where your life is. I want you to take stock. I want you to do an inventory, if you will, of where you are in your relationship with God. Here's the first question. Are you living independently of God or in total dependence upon Him? As you reflect on your life, you think about where you are as a child of God, are you living independently of God or are you in total dependence upon Him? Number two, are you looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places and living an unsatisfied life? 
We need to make up our mind today to stop looking to the world to satisfy the real needs in our life. There are no answers out there. We have the answers here. It's not found in things. It's found in a relationship, a relationship with the shepherd. The last question, can you say you are trusting in God for everything? Has doubt or unbelief paralyzed you into inaction? Do you feel like you're sleepwalking sometimes spiritually? You know, sometimes coming to church can be like perfunctory where we just kind of do, that's what we do. We go to church. Have we lost the joy in that relationship? Have we lost the joy in the fellowship? Has COVID stolen that joy? In this room are incredible men and women, boys and girls. All of us struggling and dealing with our own stuff. All of us sometimes just barely making it a Sunday just to get charged up and then hit the road again tomorrow morning. Others doing extremely well, having their moments of difficulty. Where are you in your trusting of God for everything? Our shepherd can be trusted. My question is, are you? Maybe this morning you hear me talking about this shepherd and you have no clue what I'm talking about. You don't know who the shepherd is. You don't know what he has done. And you certainly don't have a relationship with him. I want to encourage you at this time. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes. Nobody looking around. Bow your head. Close your eyes as you contemplate where you are spiritually thinking about this relationship with the shepherd. Maybe this morning you can say, I don't know who this shepherd is. I don't have a relationship with this shepherd. I cannot recall a specific time where I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, but I would like to. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. I'm going to ask you, if you cannot remember a time where you have started, began a relationship with Jesus Christ on his death on the cross, you're not saved. You've never been born again. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand before just me. No one else looking around. Just raise your hand and then put it right back down. I have never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I've never acknowledged and accepted his righteousness for my unrighteousness. Just raise your hand and put it right back down. Praise the Lord. As a testimony, there's no hands going up, and I'm thankful for that. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. I certainly don't know where people are emotionally, mentally, maybe even spiritually. Maybe there's some folks in here that are just really struggling. Their getting to church was the last thing that they could do. They're just about ready to go under. And I ask God right now as the shepherd that you would touch and impact these individuals. Help them, Father, if they need prayer, if they need someone to encourage them, that they would, uh, after this service is over, that they would reach out to a pastor or reach out to me or someone else that we might be able to pray for them. Life is hard. 
We've, we've got difficulties that we're facing. It doesn't look like it's going away anytime soon. So we need to have that relationship with the shepherd. So I ask, God, that you would do your work in our hearts. And, Father, for those Christians who said, I've been paralyzed to inaction. I'm just kind of floating through life. I pray that today they would make the commitment to get back in the game, that they would recommit themselves to faithfully reading your word and praying and serving you and look for ministry that they can be involved with. Father, because it's there that we have been designed to do and to glorify you. And we ask, God, that you would do that in a way, God, that would be a blessing to your church, that would be a blessing to your people. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.